Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the UT Podcast by Developing Lafayette. My name is Ben Powers. I'm your host. And what we like to do with this podcast is we like to invite different business owners, different community influencers in Lafayette Parish that really highlight Lafayette Parish and what we're all about. Today on the tee, we have Tim Supple, who's going to be talking with us about different developments. Of course, this is always about developments that we talk about, but uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of that and some other things. But first, um, this episode is sponsored. It is sponsored by Steve Pellissier with Property One Incorporated, the one source for real estate. Property One is the real estate choice for professional property management, leasing, brokerage, and consulting services. For additional information, contact Steve Pellissier, leasing agent, Property One. His his phone number is 337-234-7307. And uh, just in a little bit, I'll I'll have that phone number on the screen for you. But for now, let's, uh, I mean, we we thank the sponsor and uh, that's what pays our bills. So thank you, Steve. Pelissier for that. Um, all right, so Tim, you obviously are familiar with uh, our website, and uh, we have just become recently, at least myself, familiar with who you are, or a little bit, um, thankful to a, a, a recent radio show. Um, so I want to go ahead and allow you to introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do, and then we'll go uh, into some of the the good questions that I have for okay. you. Okay. Um, well, full disclosure, I did not know that Property One was sponsoring this. And so full disclosure, I must say, that's my leasing agents. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> they do my, they manage my office buildings for me. So I didn't know that they were, they were your sponsors. Uh, I had maybe, I don't know if they knew I was going to be on. We, 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 we tell our sponsors who's going to be on because that's what drives the... Okay. So, so, so full disclosure, just so, so so you recommend them, obviously. I recommend them. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, but uh, anyway, um, so who I am, Timothy Supple, born in Franklin, Louisiana, graduated LSU 1976, moved to Lafayette 1977, uh, went into the oil and gas exploration business in 1978. Um, started off as a landman broker, eventually worked my way up to, I had an oil and gas exploration company for about 10, 12 years, um, uh, through the, through the bad times, surprisingly, and, uh, and did, we did real well. So, um, then probably in my forties, I was kind of thinking about retiring, um, and did kind of partially retire turned my company over to my top guy who was working for me and then realized I was a, uh, I was a, I was terrible. It was nobody to play with. So we talked, had been talking about building software for a long time. So we decided to go down this road to build oil and gas SAS model software for the oil and gas industry, particularly for landmen and lease management and so forth, so on. So we started building that and just sold it last year. Uh, about a year ago, and um, to a larger company, our largest competitor. But also during that time, I also invested pretty heavily in real estate in the late 80s and, uh, you know, after things had crashed in Lafayette. So, you know, at one point, me and my partners were, you know, number two or number three in commercial office buildings in Lafayette. 
A lot has transpired since then. Um, so I'm still in some of the office buildings that I have bought back then. And I've done some subdivision development, you know, uh, Copperfield subdivision in, in Youngsville is one of the ones that we, we bought after it had already partially been developed and we finished it out and did real well with that. So now I am uh, an investor um, looking for investment cap, looking for things both in real estate and primarily in the software, SaaS model software business. So that, that's that's what I'm doing now. Okay. So, so you 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 have your hands in a. It sounds like a good bit of stuff. Well, yeah, I do. I, I I've I've had an interesting career, you know, and I've gone through a, a lot of different things. Not a lot. That's not true. I mean, I've, I've gone through three or four <coughs> major major business models, I guess, in my career. Um, I love it. I, I love doing it. I, I do it for fun, you know, if nothing else. I mean, I love looking at numbers. I love understanding what people do for a living. And, you know, in all that, I got involved in some of what the government was doing and, you know, how Lafayette was being run. Um, so I've seen it. I've now been here 40 years. Yeah. So I've seen, you know, all the good ideas come and go, as they say. Okay. So you, you've answered... <clears throat> a couple of questions um, I was going to ask where you were born and so you said Franklin and you moved to Lafayette and you said 1978 yeah 1976 okay. 77 77 gotcha so um, a question that I have and you, you somewhat touched on it was was the 1980s oil bust a big deal for you and if not why do you think it's that well um you know, I believe in a thing, um, and I look at these things that markets as this, they're, so yes, we all got hurt in the 80s. The business model I was running on was based on me being a broker, working uh, oil and gas landman, working under contract uh, for other oil companies. So at that time, and a little bit before, we were still doing work for, you know, oil companies. So we, the firm had gotten smaller. Um, but we were able to maintain uh, profitability and all that. But then I, I, <coughs> we, I had a geologist that I teamed up with, a couple of geologists, and started in the exploration business, mainly because there was no competition. Okay. So we did really well in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, drilling costs were down, so we were developing opportunities because of these costs. I mean, you know, I believe in a thing called creative destruction in capitalism. Um, opportunities exist because markets change. Prices to drill wells drop to a third of what they were in, in the pre-80 in the, in the pre drop. So now we could drill wells much, much cheaper. And uh, prices were down, but our drilling costs were cheaper. Our operating costs were cheaper. So um, we did we did very well in in the in the eighties. You know, so that was really the best time for me. Plus, in the late eighties, then we started buying real estate, which was, you know, I'm sure cheap. So cheap, so cheap. Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievably cheap. So, but remember when we did this, when we buying real estate in the late eighties, everything we bought was negative cash flow. Mm -hmm. nothing had a positive cash flow. And people would say, what are you doing? And I'd say, well, I don't know. Um, but I think that 
these prices are so cheap that there will never be any, any new buildings built in Lafayette until they reach replacement cost, until the value of new buildings reach replacement cost, which has generally been true. There are a few exceptions to the rule. Uh, River Ranch is one of the big exceptions where people build at prices way above replacement, I mean, way above what the market will bear anywhere else but River Ranch. I don't understand it, to be honest <laughs> with you. But I do, I, do, I do understand this. People like a nice place. The River Ranch concept is a great concept. Um, and people like the value of the essence of this community. I like it. Um, I may not can't, maybe I can't afford it. Uh, as a practical businessman, I, uh, I would rather lease office space for $14 a square foot than pay whatever it is here. Right. That's just me practically. Wow. Now, if my wife was deciding, she would probably say we're going there. Right. But, right. But, but she's not. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another um, um, subdivision or I guess development very similar to River Ranch being built in Scott called West Village. And yes. It's going to be it's going to have a, a town square. It's going to have um, commercial property. Right. It's going to have. A three to four story apartment complex, right? Uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure the apartment complex is not going to be anything but luxury, right? Um, so, like, when you so you said River Ranch's uh, <coughs> model is more expensive because of the the type of development it is. So, is it sustainable? Like, I, I guess I moved here in 2010, so River Ranch's has always been like like this shiny little diamond to me. Like I'm like, oh, this place is cool. I, I, uh, I had to do some work in Lafayette before I moved here, and it was like a photo shoot of uh, one of Red Laurel's cars, and it was in River right, Ranch. Right, right, right. And so, like, what, so besides the, the, the glamorous appeal, like, wh- what about these developments are popular and why they're being Well, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, these are really wonderful developments. But at the end of the day, River Ranch, in its beginning, had financial problems, big financial problems. Uh, I, the financial problems ended when we built Camellia Boulevard. Right, okay. And in the model of these kind of, tr- what they call them traditional neighborhoods, but they're anything but traditional, <laughs> right? They are subsidized by major throughways, Kali Saloom Road and Camellia Boulevard. So without those paid for by the government, paid for taxpayers, these projects would not work. So if, if you just look at the numbers and, and, and you know, when, when we were debating the bridges back, back before we built Camellia, there were many of us advocating for three bridges, not one. And I forget all the numbers, but, you know, if you look at Camellia Boulevard, it's beautiful. Yeah. But the property taxes in River Ranch won't pay for that upkeep of that road. And so what we did is we went in and we destroyed a tradition, a tradition, truly regular subdivision. And we spent, you know, tons of money building it to a dead end at Collis and Loom Road. Right. You know, what... One of my big things in Lafayette is to say to people this. We are subsidizing our own demise by subsidizing sprawl. (coughs) 
if you look at the MPO, the $300 million MPO that just came out, it's all roads to the suburbs. There's nothing in Lafayette. So the roads that we're building since Acadiana One took over the Chamber of Commerce and Acadiana One is a multi-parish organization, I understand it, but all of the money is now going to the suburbs. So we are subsidizing sprawl. That's the only way even my subdivision, Copperfield, would work because once I developed my subdivision, I turned over, and all of them do, all of the upkeep of those roads, drainage, sewage, everything to the municipalities involved. These, the, they, you, we don't pay for them. So what happens is, and what we're getting, we had a group, uh, a group called Strong Towns came in and actually did a study for Lafayette. And the study says this. This is about three, four years ago. Nathan Norris with DDA brought him in first. I had recommended him. He brought him to do a study. And the study basically says this. He does this all over the United States. With the, the growth pattern that you have, you will have to increase your property taxes if you do no more roads, 400%. Wow, that's a lot. If you continue down this road on the pattern that you have, you're going to have to increase property taxes 800%. So when you build these things and you see these developments in Youngsville, Broussard, whatever, remember what they're doing. They're building roads they can't support. Broussard doesn't even have a, pro a property tax. <laughs> so they are going to... All of that's going to fall back on all the citizens of the parish, including in Lafayette. Even in Lafayette, you have unfunded, you don't have enough funds in the budget of the city of Lafayette to take care of the streets in Lafayette, period. It's underfunded and it's going bigger. The debt is getting bigger every day. Streets actually depreciate. Mm -hmm. The funding... Since we don't look in, in government at depreciation of things, we look, we call them funds. What do we have in our fund? We don't have enough money in our fund to take care of the problems we have now, and we're adding to it. And that's going to be a huge problem in Lafayette because we all know the parish has no money, zero uh, there was a, the auditor for the parish made the mistake of saying uh, the parish is bankrupt. Well, obviously, the politicians got on him and said, hey, well, you can't say that. And then he said, kind of came back and said, oh, you're right. I, I, I can't say they're not, they're not going bankrupt. But that's because a municipality cannot file for bankruptcy. They just okay. simply don't pay their bonds. <laughs> And so the same thing is really true with the city. We're in that shape. And one of the <coughs> things you can see as an obvious thing, as an obvious marker of this, is in your developing Lafayette, which I, by the way, I love you. So I get more real estate information from you than from all of the major sources that I have out there. Appreciate and, that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's wonderful. I go, how does he know that? 
I'm trying to get my guys, and I go, maybe that's why Steve and them, Pelche and them are sponsoring this thing, because I said, watch this guy. This guy, you know, get this news. And if you look at your news, all development's happening out in the country, Mm -hmm. in the the, the small municipalities. I'm not against them developing, but we are taking all of our what's called discretionary capital outlay money from the state, and we're spending it all to move people to the country. So all you have to do is look at uh, Jeff Daly's latest article on real estate in Lafayette, or look at Zwillo, and go look at your property values. <coughs> they're dropping. <clears throat> oh yeah, they're dropping, I know. And <laughs> yeah, so your house is dropping. So what are we doing? We are subsidizing moves to places that flood. And we wonder why they flood. Well, a person like you buys a house, they assume when they buy the house, someone has looked at this. Right. Well, they have, and they've ignored the facts. That's the problem. So I even thought about running for uh, mayor, and my, but my campaign slogan would be, I'm not spending a dime on new highways or drainage anywhere, in the, in, in, anywhere. Period. That's a recipe to get elected. It would be very tough, right? But it's the reality of the situation. We're way behind. We're not going to keep up. We are building. The more concrete we lay, the more drainage problems we're going to have. And we obviously can see it's not getting better. I've been here 40 years. I've seen it. We are developing where we shouldn't be or where the people who are developing it aren't paying the right amount of money for those houses not to flood. Copperfield, where I drain, is one of the few subdivisions that's high enough and has good enough drainage where it never floods. Houses never flood there. But everything around me in Copperfield, it floods. So what do we do? Yeah. Well, we go to the taxpayers and ask for more money. That's what we do. That's what we're going to have to do. There's no choice in the matter. But to continue these developments, wherever they are, <clears throat> where, where developers are going in, and I'm, I love developers, they're great. And, and I would do the same thing. I did the same thing. Yeah. I just happened to get lucky that my subdivision that I, that I developed out did not flood. And the people who put in the initial infrastructure did a great, great job, way over. Of course, they went bankrupt doing it. <laughs> so this is why I bought it for so cheap. And so we've seen all this. In the office building building market, the average price I paid for office buildings back in the 90s, early, late 80s, was about $15 a square foot. That same office building will cost you $225 a square foot today to build. That's a lot. We still can't. The, the latest comps are at $70 a square foot. We have not gotten back to replacement cost of the buildings we have. Hence that we are still not there. We are, we are riding on the cheap values that guys like me or those office buildings went down to. So would I build an office building in Lafayette? Absolutely not. You'd have to be... You either do it for, I'm going to use the word vanity, mm-hmm. and I don't mean vanity in a negative sense. I mean, when you build your house, 
your wife tells you, yes, we are getting the good countertops, right? Right. Now, being guys, we would probably, you know, plywood's good enough for us. So when I use the word vanity, I don't mean to be in a negative context. It's the luxury. It's the things that make life enjoyable. Uh, It's the quality of life you have. River Ranch is a good example, right? There are cheaper houses than River Ranch all over Lafayette. But there's a quality of life people are willing to pay for, and I, I absolutely understand it. But we have not reached, gotten back to where it makes sense economically to build an office building, period. And so much so <coughs> that the value of uh, used office space or re- already per- built office space is less than a third of the value would it cost to build new ones. So what I'm saying is the rent values in Lafayette are still so low that you can't build them. That tells you something about your market. And this market is not getting better. And part of this reason is, as people move out of Lafayette, the next office buildings and the next shopping centers are going to be out in the country. And we're going to subsidize every one of them. And that's, even, though, even though we can't. Well, I take, for example, the, uh, the, uh, where the Costco Center is. Right. This is one of my big ones. Um, where we gave them, that was agricultural land, and that land was paying for 65 acres, $165, $170 a year in property taxes. Now, remember, when you pay those property taxes, because it was agricultural land, when you pay those property taxes... Less than 1% of that property taxes actually go, 2% of the property tax you pay actually go to roads. So we built Kali Saloon Road and Ambassador Caffrey around that property, creating huge value of which those lands did not pay. And I don't, I don't mean to pick on them particularly because every, every open view you see is the same thing in Lafayette. Yep. Every one of them. So what did we do? Well, to even add to it, we gave them, uh, 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 created a pilot program, payment in lieu of taxes. So they said, because we're going to build this center and we're going to have to build roads in here for our center to work, we want to be exempt from all property taxes. So you have a $100 million development, which now pays zero property taxes. And the value that was created, the, the reason that property is so valuable now is because we built roads. We built Ambassador Caffrey and Kali Saloon Road. Right. So what did they do for us? What does that do for us? I like Costco. Everybody likes Costco. Why would we subsidize that? And now you've got another big pad of concrete. You've got another water problem. <laughs> You've got more traffic. You've got all the problems. Plus, they come in, and the majority of workers there are, are, are low, you know, middle-class workers. They're clerks, whatever. They make a little bit above minimum wage, and they bring their children. Now we got to support their children. So the average cost for a kid to be supported in Lafayette school systems is about $15,000 a kid. Now, do the taxes. That's for public school. Public schools. Yeah, 15000 a kid? A kid. Wow. That's about what it costs. When you get through administration, everything. 
Now do the taxes with a guy who makes thirty-five to forty-five thousand dollars a year, who pays eight percent in who no who who pays at that price he probably pays two to three percent in income taxes and sales taxes, eight percent tops. The math doesn't work, but the developers make money, and they and that's fine. I don't have no problem. I'm a developer myself. But we're subsidizing our own demise in the idea of real estate <coughs> development is a medium for economic development. Okay. It's not. Economic development is the medium for real estate development. Building more of what you already have too much of is not a good economic plan. It's a terrible plan. And all it does is devalue the real estate that exists. That's all it does. You know, there are two big projects right now, and which I, I will bring up because I'm big on this, and it has to do with, like, three. Uh, we'll go to downtown. We'll talk about Yeah, that's uh, actually one Buchanan. of my questions. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I submitted an RFP on Buchanan where I just basically told the study, I'll loan you the money. to, to Talk about the garage, Buchanan yeah, garage. Yeah, Buchanan parking yeah. garage. So, you know, you know, the whole story, it was shuttered down. Joel went to them, tried to sell it to the city. The city said, no, we don't want to buy it. We don't want it. Um, so he closed it because it's uh, dangerous. Um, to rebuild that parking garage, as it is right now, is going to cost a minimum of six to seven, seven million dollars. That's what it's going to cost. The ability to get parking rates that would pay for that parking garage would mean we would have to increase the parking rates we charge charge there by 10 times. So talking about ent entire La downtown Lafayette, like all the parking meters, everything, right? No, no, or just, just the parking, the parking garage. garage. Okay. If, and, and, we, and the truth is we have so many empty, we have so many parking lots downtown, even with that parking garage go closed, if you go to the other parking garage, which we only have that one, Vermilion, it's only 75, 80% occupied. Right. So these parking garages and municipalities are money-losing propositions. You subsidize them for the purpose of getting commerce in those areas. But just to give you an example, in order to build that parking garage... If you could get 80% occupancy in it, which I doubt, the bottom line is you'd have to you'd have to increase the fees that the parish was paying to park there by at least 10 times, from so, 20 a month, 28 a month, to 280 a month, would be a minimum amount in order to make it work. So wait, 280 dollars a month per person. Per person. Good. So think God. about every every person who works for the city or the parish, they would have to come up with $3,000 a year in parking fees. Hmm. To, to even so we'd have to give the them, cost. So we'd have to give them a raise. So the point I'm getting to is that, is this, in the middle of all this, and one of the things I proposed in my last thing is that LIDA, uh, which is in the process of redeveloping Karma nightclub. Yep. Um, that's going to cost them $160, $180 a square foot, something like that to do. So they'll spend $3.5 million on that. Uh, LPTFA is talking about subsidizing uh, CGI 
to go into the old Colburns. I've looked at the numbers on that. That's even a bigger subsidy. You know, that'll be $14 million to do that. CGI will pay some rent. But the long story is that they are going to be building office space at a cost <coughs> of three to four times the value they can rent space for a downtown. Hmm. So why are we doing this? If you want to bring CGI, fine. I don't have a problem with that. But why would you build them space that's four times the cost what you can rent it for in downtown? Karma, if you want to bring the opportunity machine downtown, fine. No problem. Well, I mean, it's the cool thing to do to bring things downtown. So, Well, well do it. Because yeah. downtown has a 25% vacancy in the office space. They can rent space for $14 a square foot. They're talking about the equivalent of paying $30 a square foot. Yeah. Now, isn't that what you wanted? Isn't that what you wanted? When CGI, before they built their building, I had the Whitney Bank building under contract at $2.2 million. The Whitney Bank, not the, not Where the one Rock that... Where Rock and Bowl okay, is. Rock, okay. Where Rock yeah. and Bowl do it. And CGI come to me and said, hey, look, we want some temporary space. In the end, I just said to him, I said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to buy this because I don't believe in downtown Lafayette with the, with the policies we have in place. I'll just give you my contract. You can go in and spend $100 a square foot. And you'll be $100. You'll, you, you can own the building. Lita can buy it, whatever. And you'll have 400 employees. You've got more space in your building. You're talking about building. And now we'll move 400 people into downtown Lafayette. We will have solved the downtown population problem. They said no. They said, if we do that, we're afraid leaders are going to take away our money. So my okay. point is, the, the leadership that we have in Lafayette right. subsidizes real estate development. Real estate development does not create economics. Economics create real estate development. It's the opposite. And if you don't believe me, we've been going down this road 40 years. I like to mention the first real estate development project in downtown Lafayette, one of the first ones, was the DiMaggio and Wright office building uh, right across the corner from the Garden Building and right across the street from ACA. Yeah. KSM of the Arts. It was a parking garage. And the parking garage had two elevators, which would you would pull your car into the elevator. It would bring it up to a floor and park it. And when you wanted it, you'd give them the ticket. They'd go get your car and bring it down. So I had two elevators doing this. Well, of course it went bankrupt. Of course it went under. DiMaggio and Wright or whoever it was bought it and turned it into an office building. That was the first one. That was one of the first ones we did. The second one we did is we subsidized the building of Garden Building for, they must have put $5 million into that building. And that's the Gordon Hotel building. Gordon Hotel yeah. building, yeah, which my brother owns right now. It's a great building, wonderful building. But during the downtown, we bought it for $500,000. So my point is, we think of real estate development as an economic tool but what it says at its core is this. If we, we should subsidize what we already, more of what we already have too much of. 
subsidize, where we don't have demand that's sufficient to build supply, what if we subsidize supply <coughs> to create demand? Well, it never works. It never has worked. So when you're saying, when you, when you say that, are you talking about, so the real estate developments that are happening right now, like Vermillion Lofts, um, Vermillion Lofts is not one of them. It, okay. it, it's not one of them. And gotcha. I, to be honest with you, I would like, rather not comment on my opinion of that development because I just have an opinion. I don't know all their numbers. I don't know their stuff. Gotcha. But I'll give you an example of... Uh, yeah, give, me a, give me a good example. Okay, well, I'll give you a good example. So let's talk about uh, Uptown Lofts. Okay. LPTF, they bought the, did that. They subsidized it. They did it through tax credits. So basically, it's the most, one of the most expensive apartment complexes in Lafayette. I said it's a low income, so they got 95% tax credits for low income tax credits. It was $18 million total, the cost. And I said that's 240 something dollars a square foot. An apartment complex should cost you about $145 a square foot. And here's my objection to it why would you build low income housing? in a low-income area when the cost to build it out of that out of that area is better is just as cheap you could have built it in river ranch for the same price Hmm. so look at what we did we took an area that was starting to develop from young professionals going in and buying up those houses and fixing them up and we dropped a low-income housing project in the middle of it How do you think that's going to turn out in the end? And in the end, what they now realize is that they cannot cannot raise their rent because it's fixed by government or they lose the tax credits. LPTFA took took all the risk on this thing um, and they're losing money. So they can't keep it. It's going to keep going down. It's got problems. I, I won't even get into construction... Uh, uh, quality, but I know people that want the project. Again, <laughs> these are individual things I am talking about. Yeah. But at the core of the problem is the leadership that we have in Lafayette, which subsidizes real estate development and always has. And now we're paying for it. And now we're seeing flooding, more and more flooding. Does it have something to do with global warming? I'm guessing it does. But it has more to do with our development pattern. Mm-hmm. And, now, and, and, and we're developing in low-lying areas, and of course they're going to flood. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Every time I make a, a, a post of a new development, whether that be commercial or residential, the, the, the first few comments are usually... Great, more just what we need more concrete, more paved right. lots. And it's it's hard for me to you know comment in two situations. So I, I look I'm all I, like I love country, I love grass. I, I love having that. But I also understand that you it's hard to say that we're we're not going to continue we're going to continue to be laying laying, laying pavement. So Why? I don't. I, I don't know. Well, see, that's the problem. Is that why? If you look at if you look at the MPO plan, yeah, three hundred million dollars. Well, it's the five parishes. 
What do you think Iberia wants? What do you think St. Martin wants? What do you think Acadia wants? What do you think they all want? They want roads. They want roads from Lafayette out. You just saw what Joe Robledo did at the very last. He took $6 million from DDA, downtown development, that they processed themselves and moved it to university, North University, to create what? To create a major thoroughfare now with no stoplights. Now, that's a poverty-poor area. So the same thing that they did at Northgate Mall, which is to create Gateway Lafayette, big subsidies, big thing, going to create all this economic development. How did that work out? And now you're going to say, okay, well, that was a bad idea. Let's move it to North University. That'll be better, see, and we'll help that neighborhood. You're going to create more poverty. You're going to create more of the same thing. And the roads take traffic and move people to the country. Right. And move residential to the country. So that's what you get. And that's what our entire development plan is. More of it, not less of it. So when I look at guys like Lita doing this buildings, buildings downtown, or I look at LPTFA looking at subsidizing CGI with a new building. I ask them, what makes you think that's a good idea? It's a terrible idea. You're creating more supply of which we don't have enough demand to support. How's that going to work out? So what, and, and you know what, look, I, this is, a lot of this is still relatively new as far as the understanding of how a lot of this works. And so listening, I'm trying to like process it all. So what would be a solution then that would be feasible? So let's say CGI wants... Okay, here's a good solution. Here's a solution. So CGI, I mean, LPTFA and LIDA or economic, you know, LPTFA has moved into economic development. That's not what they started off to do. Okay. They started off actually to help the poor. You know, and they did it through loans, then they moved into economic development, so they're in economic development. Now, CGI is not a poor company. They can live anywhere they want. They can do whatever they want to do. LIDA is an economic development tool. (coughs) What they did, what they got into building real estate. So they built the light center, which I oppose, not because I was against the light center, but because they built a 70,000-square-foot building for $15 million dollars when, we had, when I showed them a building that was 240,000 square feet for $15 million, had a $1.5 million net operating income and 40,000 square feet vacant, and it's called Petroleum Towers. It was for sale. We could have bought 240,000 square feet, could have taken that off the market, but no, they were going to build a building. The, the, the amount of cost to the taxpayers of Light Center has been over $35 million. And now they gave it to UL, and UL is slowly moving people in there, and they're moving people out of light. One of the people they're going to move out of light is the Opportunity Machine. Right. The Opportunity Machine is lead subsidizing it to the tune of about 350000 a year. When they move it to the new place they're going to be, their cost is going to be closer to a million dollars a year subsidy. With the real estate and the subsidies they're doing and all that, now they're going to go up on it. 
Why don't you just lease office space? That's what you used to do. Well, just stay where you are. Even if the rent there is so expensive, it's, un it's, it's double what the rent they can get in downtown is, but they're in the light center. Again, so my suggestion is don't subsidize CGI. Don't subsidize Opportunity Machine. Just rent whatever, let them rent whatever they want. Take that money and build a Buchanan parking garage. Okay. Put your money in the parking garage. That's what I would do. Now, I will tell you, because it, it won't make money. Now, here's, what, here's my fear, what happens. Suppose we don't rebuild it, and, and, and then as no one can build it, trust me, it is not possible for anybody, any businessman to build that and make money. It's impossible. The bond lawyers who I've talked, spoken to said, we won't even issue a bond on it. I don't care who supports it. Okay. So my idea is take CGI's money. They've got 15 million in cash. Lita's got about 15 million in cash. Build a build a large par parking garage and get DDA, who has its own taxing uh, district, to pass a property tax, so that everybody has buy-in, and then build a parking garage, buy up all the property around it, move the parking garage to the center of the block and build residential all around it. And that residential we can build for $145 a square foot. That, so is there an RFP that, that shows that or has that in, in the plan? All of the RFPs that they have, when, when Joel put out the RFPs, he said the first condition is it must be market rate, which means no subsidies for low-income housing, no subsidies for workforce housing. And do you agree with that? I, I don't, I, do I agree with it? That's an issue if I were downtown. Yeah. Would I want low-income housing <coughs> and I own real estate? No. Right. Uh, would I want workforce income housing? Maybe. But if it's just workforce income housing, it's not enough. It won't work. It's not enough subsidy. So, am I for low-income housing? I'm for low, I'm, I'm, for, I'm all for low-income housing, helping low-income people just not in low-income areas. Right. Because the real estate cost to develop is the same no matter where you go. I mean, I propose they move to River Ranch or anywhere. So those kids could go to good schools. You get integration. You get the, all, the, all the positive benefits, none of the negative benefits. So. But there's a... There, there, the, so if you want to tell me that people in River Ranch or somewhere else don't want low-income housing people, I agree with you. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be the first thing you would hear is like, oh, we, we don't want that. We don't want that in our neighborhood. Who does? So what do you want to do now? Right. None right. of us want it. So what good does it do us to build it in a low-income area? Then let's just end the program altogether because all we're doing is creating ghettos. All we're doing is making it worse. We're not helping anything. And we're spending money to kind of gloss over the reality of poverty. It's just like Northgate, the Northgate North University thing. Really, you're going to move six million dollars to make that a bigger boulevard? What do you think that's going to do to that neighborhood? It's already poor. Why don't you spend six million on a school? Why don't you spend six million on something else? The Bridge Ministry has gone into that neighborhood and done wonders, yep. wonders for it. 
support that with your $6 million. Yeah, you know? I've spoken with uh, Joelle Green, who was in it. Um, and I don't think she's in it now, but I mean, I interviewed her and it was, it's a great, it's a great school. It's a, it started out uh, different, but. Yeah, my, my ex-partner, Nelson Warner, who is just unbelievable person. Um, I mean, I just, you know, I'm going to start crying if I start talking about how wonderful <laughs> he is. Anyway, he went in there and I, we supported him. Several of his friends supported him. And, and, you know, I said, look, I, I want you to try and do a school. And I think I have a way we can do it. So he got on it. Now, granted, I was just my idea, and I put up a little bit of money to help him do it, but he did all the heavy lifting. They do all the heavy lifting. I do nothing, you know. So, yeah, they have a great school now. And it's, and we're, we're focusing on one neighborhood. He, I say he is. I like his plan where I support him, where he supports because of one neighborhood. And that neighborhood, there's a whole lot of things we're talking about doing in the future to develop that neighborhood. And so use the $6 million for that. Develop the neighborhood. We don't need another major road going to Karen Crow. I mean, developers do. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Developers do. But, again, these are the, these are the same thing. I mean, I'm 40 years watching this now, and I'm watching the real estate in Lafayette has never come back. What I paid at $15 a square foot, empty, negative cash flow, is after inflation, is about the same price. So, now it's lost value and it's older and we put money into it. But the reality of it is, um, it's really, in terms of real value, it's not really going up very much. I mean, I bought it low. It has gone up. I mean, I've made a good bit of money doing it. But the reality is... Um, Look at our budget. Just look at our budget. You know, uh, Jeff Daly was pointing in uh, growth's top 150 cities in the United States for growth. Lafayette's 148. And if we didn't have the outlying areas, we wouldn't be even close to that. Right. We have negative growth in Lafayette, the city. Is that because more people are moving out of the city? Sure. Where do you live? I live in Karen Crow. There you go. And an unincorporated Why? Lafayette Paris. Because I can afford it. It's a high you can afford it and it's a high quality of life. Yeah. Right? It's that simple. And and you know, I mean they go, well, the millennials want downtown. Well, I don't think the millennials have enough money to live downtown. <laughs> you know? Oh God. That's <laughs> look, that's a whole another well, conversation you, you, there. Yeah, so 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 let's look at the <clears throat> apartment rents that they're gonna charge. Yeah. Um, Can you afford them? Well, so I've heard mixed... Uh, no, that's not the question. Things. The question is, go look at the rents that they're going to charge. So what are the rents first? Well, Average. I mean, the ones I've looked at, and I won't talk to them, but again, because I don't want to talk about it. The yes, ones yes, I've sir. looked at that I have it on the line, they're uh, 20 to $22 a square foot per year. The comp is, in Lafayette, it's 11. Okay. Apartment complex. Okay. 11. Now, that's with a pool... That's with parking, that's with a dog walk or whatever the hell else you got. So to live downtown, which is a quality of life thing, you're gonna pay double. Yeah. So the the new ones, the federal courthouse, which there looks like I didn't think that they were gonna be able to pull off, looks like they're gonna pull it off. 
and do that. Um, they're going to be less than that, but they're going to be somewhere close to that number. And, you know, they're going to be, you know, but they've got a ton of tax credits for whatever. Uh, long story short, if I had been the city council, I would have given them the property. Okay. I would have said, tear it down, start from scratch, then build. You had gotten better and cheaper, and it would have been a better thing. You force them by paying the $1.4 million, and plus they got to pay the asbestos removal and get all those tax credits. Oh, yeah. Now they're limited as to what they can do, and so it's not going to be the highest and best use for that property. Hmm. That's it. So you get a half, you get a half measure that eventually... You know, it's not going to make money for life. It's not going to work for life yet. That's interesting. I mean, I'm curious to see how how it's going to look, how it's going to operate. Look, um, I know the guys doing this, um, and they are smart. They are good. You're not going to get better. But they are constrained by the economics. Gotcha. But, I, you know, if you, if you said, Tim, pick a group to do this, I'd pick them. Right? I'd pick them over me. But damn sure. <laughs> But, but they're good, and they know what they're doing. They're talented. Well, back to if I could live downtown, if I can afford it, would I? Well, obviously, if I could afford it, I would. Um, I live in a house, a 1,400-square-foot house, and I pay you know, less than $1,000 a month. Right. With a, a yard. Yeah. With a yard. <coughs> with a yard. You got a dog? I have a dog. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do with the dog if you lived? <laughs> right. So my, my thing is with downtown is um, I was having a conversation with somebody recently and they were asking me if you could live downtown for X amount per, per I don't know what it was, maybe 1500 a month or something like that, give or take. Would you? Um, if I had some very specific quality of life things, I'd want to make sure that I have a private area where my kid can run around but you're not gonna have that right so i I, i'd want apartment complex amenities in a inner city kind of feel you probably won't get that because there's not enough space for it unless you the cost yeah is too high right when you when you're subsidizing subdivisions in the country that's it it's that simple it's not a question of what do people (laughs) you know what what you know what do we want you know, well, we want a lot of things. What yeah. are we willing to pay for? Right. So the burden right now that we have right now is the development of the areas in Youngsville and Broussard and Doosan. I'm I'm not putting them down, but all of the money is going to that. That's where all the MPO money is going. There's none of it in the city of Lafayette except for the North University, which is designed to take it out of the city. So, and you're talking about the Four Corners area, correct? Yeah, North University. They, they uh, Joel has taken six million dollars, and they're going to do you know, you know this uh, upgrade of North University between uh, the underpass and the um, and the interstate. Well, what's what's that supposed? <coughs> what's that going to do? Right. And you're going to put oh, we're going to put roundabouts. Okay, so there'll be no pulsing of traffic. So you won't be able to cross that street from one subdivision to the other, from okay. one side to the other. Look at what you're doing. <laughs> Look at what you're doing. So what's going to pop up on that street? 7-Elevens, big box stores. Yeah, That's what you're going to get. Because that's what economically makes sense. It's not what I want. 
Maybe not what you want. Certainly not what the people behind there want. Right. But it doesn't matter. That's what they're getting. You know. Oh God. As they say, uh, as they say, uh, <laughs> we're going <laughs> we're going to give them what they want. We're going to give it to them good and hard. Oh, that's hilarious. So, oh, God. so, again, it's, you know, Lafayette is a wonderful town. It's got some unbelievably smart businessmen here, a lot smarter than me. I mean, I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I do know that when you subsidize a thing, you're going to get it. And whatever you're getting, go look at why you're getting it and why you're getting it. Why are you getting these areas that's flooding more and more? Yeah. Because you're developing there more and more. Why would people develop more in there? Because the rest of us pay for it. It's that simple. It's not any more difficult than that. Yeah. Because, you know, we pay for it either through federal flood insurance or we pay for it through, you know, our road taxes and, you know, our drainage taxes, you know. So, so with the current elections coming up, and I know we're we're getting close to an hour here. Okay. Um, almost all of the candidates have drainage as, as a part of their issues that they're, well, they're sure. going to tackle. Yeah, have to. Um, and recently, just as just yesterday, New Orleans uh, pulled out a car out of their drainage system out of one of their underground right, right. canals, right, right, like. Right. So uh, drainage obviously is is a big deal everywhere, but like, so how, and this may not be an easy answer. This is probably a loaded question, but like, what are some of the ways that we can fix the issues that we have now with drainage and flooding? Because my neighborhood floods all the time. Property taxes. Okay. So they have to go up. Well, the economics, the math tells you they are. That's it. Gotcha. That's just mathematics. That's not my opinion. I mean, that's not what my desire. Who wants that property taxes to go up? But the number one issue to me is that we have, we have, we tax our improvements. So take this building. The land has a value. We tax it at 1%. The improvements, the building itself, we tax it at 1.5%. So we have a 50% higher tax on improvements property taxes than we do on the land it should be the reverse because building settlers trace improved the value of this land right not the value of the building all buildings deteriorate all buildings depreciate land does not so we are taxing the wrong thing you want to encourage inner development inside your cities if you reverse this tax rule it will reverse the development pattern. It's as simple as that. You know, people all talked about they went to Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina. I go, okay, great, let's go. Greenville, South Carolina um, has a county population of 500,000. We have a county population of 250, 275,000. The city of Greenville has a population of 75,000. Lafayette City has 125,000. Greenville has 8,000 thousand parking spaces downtown eight thousand now that costs them probably close to 160 million dollars over the time greenville charges double what we do for our parking spaces downtown they still have to subsidize at six million a year 
They still have to get other because it won't work. It won't. It won't pay for it. So Lafayette has more parking lots, in, uh, parking lot, uh, uh, private parking lots downtown. You know, one surf, one, one level parking lots than Greenville does. And the property tax we charge on that is we, we valued at $6 a square foot when the appraisals for the Buchanan said the land's worth $15 a square foot. Hmm. So these all have to do with how, how our property taxes are done. And so if you own a, a parcel of land downtown that you're using as a parking lot and renting parking at $28, $20, $30 a month, that is the highest and best return you're going to get on that land. I don't blame the people doing it, but look at what we've set up. So nobody sells their land downtown <coughs> because they'd have to sell it at too high of a price. And we know that building new buildings downtown will not pay for itself. But yet we have Lita and LPTFA are going to do exactly that. Exactly what doesn't work in the, in the guise of economic development. Now, I know they're, they're well-meaning. I know it. Listen, I, I, don't, I, don't, I do not question their motivation. I question their methodology. And I cannot find one person. I cannot find one businessman who, who thinks that this is a good idea the answer that they'll come back to you with at these places, well, Tim, what do you want us to do? Just send the money back to Baton Rouge? No, I want you to spend it in a, in, in a, in a, in a more meaningful manner. Right. That's it. I'm not against what you're trying to do. I'm against your methodology. Building real estate is the results of good economics. And we have it backwards. We have it backwards. Wow. Everywhere. Just River Ranch is a good example. What did we do in River Ranch? First thing we did is we got rid of all the codes. River Ranch had exempted from almost every code there is. So we passed the Unified Development Code. Just go look at the last four city council meetings and look at the number of exemptions to the UDC, Unified Development Code, that are being requested. It's like 10 or 15 or 20 every time because the UDC code was written with the idea that we can tell real estate developers, oh, oh, we get to decide what it looks like. The market decides what it looks like. Right. I was in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming um, about two months ago. And if you want to see the most beautiful downtown in terms of urban, urban development, of downtown development that I've ever seen, that's exactly what the planners love to talk about. Height of building, proportion, streets, all that stuff. Cheyenne, Wyoming. They built that in the early 1900s with no codes. You look at Franklin, Louisiana. Looks exactly like what you want it to look like. No planning, no zoning, no codes. The great thing about free markets is that they will do what makes sense, and that brings economic prosperity. 
Government intervention into markets like this, misplaced capital, distort the markets, and in the end, they're non-economically sustainable. I go back to the parking garage, the first economic parking <laughs> garage in downtown, the first economic development, the parking garage in downtown. What a great idea. How'd that work out? How much money have we put downtown? Downtown district, the value of real estate has not gone up in 10 years, maybe 20. The total value of all the real estate has not <clears throat> gone up at all. What's that tell you? Of all the money we've put down there, how's that working? So You think it would improve, but... You think it would have. We spent a lot of money down there. We've given a lot of tax credits down there. We've spent a lot of government taxpayer money down there. How's it working? It's not. That's, it's not, not that what I want. It's just math. So anyway, so we can talk about all these wonderful things we want, you know, and, you know, like they said, well, what would you build? Uh, what would you build us, Tim? And I go, if you pay for it, I'll build you spinning teacups, yeah. you know, where your kids can ride. But you can't afford it. So all of the RFP plans on the Buchanan, none of them will work unless the city or the parish or the state subsidizes the entirety of the parking garage. <coughs> That's it. That's rough. That's it won't work any other way. <clears throat> now, how do you want to subsidize it? Do you want to start charging? So, if the parish parking garage goes, what about the courthouse? It's it's past its useful life. Does that go? Would it make sense with no parking to build another courthouse? No. And if they go, then the sheriff goes. You know, they've indicated for years, the sheriffs, I don't know if this one does, they want out. They want out of downtown. They don't want to be downtown. Why would they want to be downtown? Downtown Lafayette is not in the center of the parish. That's what I heard. So, it would cost twice as much to rebuild the courthouse where it is as it would to build it on Ambassador or Camellia in those fields. Why not? It's in the center of the parish. Oh, what people say, well, the lawyers aren't going to like it. Really? You mean the lawyers living in River Ranch? Yeah. <laughs> the lawyers living in Youngsville? <coughs> there no lawyers live down there. They live out here. It would be closer, better, cheaper. So when that vote comes up, and it's coming, it's coming. You have no doubt about that. Where would you suggest we build a courthouse? Where would you suggest we build a sheriff's office? Because it will cost us to build it downtown because of the, if we don't have that parking garage, it's going to be twice as much as it is out here. That's it. Wow. And so, just you know, we built these roads, Camellia uh, Ambassador. There's cane fields all around it. Think how much cheaper that would be, and it'd be centrally located. So the center of the parish, you said, is on Camellia, connected to what intersection? Well, it's closer to the center. Think yeah. about Lafayette's on the very eastern edge of yeah. the parish, and the downtown is on the eastern edge of that. So that's it. 
<coughs> Lafayette is not east of here. It's not east of downtown. There's no. There's nothing east of. There's nothing much east of downtown. Right. Right. Everything is west, north, and west and south. So why would you go build it where no? Where would you rebuild it where nobody lives? God, that's that's just, that is an interesting kind of conundrum that you know because I asked um, Anita Begna about you know the courthouse and does it need to belong in downtown and and I love Anita she has she had a great point and which is what she said that historically. Or I, I, and I may be paraphrasing, yeah. is that most of the activity that is in downtown, like your your center of activity, centers around courthouses and right. with the lawyers and all that. She's right. Yeah. So she's so taking that out of downtown, you lose a little bit of that. You, absolutely. Right. But they don't have a, they don't have parking. So we get back to the Buchanan. Yeah. <sighs> And so, okay, here's the deal. Where you're going to get to $7 million to build your parking. Someone's got to pay for it. Well, that's what I'm suggesting. You want to save downtown? You want to keep the courthouse there? LPTFA, put up six. Lita, put up six. DDA, put a property tax downtown. Do you think people in River Ranch are going to pay more property taxes to build a parking garage in down in downtown? No, they, they wouldn't like that at all. No, they it doesn't. It does it unless does have, they unless they park in that garage and they have some kind of feeling to it. But to, to blanket it, you know, nobody. It, well, no, nobody's going to want to do it. So DDA, you know, you have the authority to go to the legislature and request a property tax hmm. increase. Do it. Show your commitment. Otherwise, if, if the people who all of the commercial office buildings downtown, when Proficient went downtown, part of their deal was <coughs> they got to only pay $20 a month for parking per slot. That was their deal. Hmm. Now, is that subsidizing Proficient? Absolutely. Uh, other parking, other 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 office buildings there. You pay forty dollars a month for parking. Again, we'll have to increase their cost to make this work by six to seven times. It has to be closer to, you know, instead of forty dollars a month, it's got to be closer to two hundred dollars a month to work to make it to pay for it. So, why should the rest of us pay for it? Right. How do we get benefit from downtown? Why is it that you think downtown's a good thing anyway? Obviously, people don't want to be there. <laughs> or let me put it this way. They're not willing to pay for what it costs to be there, right? Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people do want to be there. I downtown. love downtown. Yes. I love But to, pay, to live there and then pay the price to live there, uh, unless you get some, some major quality of life additions to what's already there, it, it, for me personally, with my family, it's hard to justify at the moment. Uh, I mean, would I like to be downtown? Yes, but it's not feasible for me. No, and our family. It's it's, it's not it's not economically feasible. That's my point. So why is why do you think adding more real estate is going to make it more feasible at subsidized prices? 
It's, it's not. It's going to make it harder. It makes it worse. So the guys that have buildings down there, you know, what are they going to do? What's going to happen when CGI moves out? Because that's what they're thinking. I'm not worried about CGI moving in. It'd be great for a little while. It doesn't do me as an office building older any good, but then restaurants will maybe do better. But even, even that, most of the people at CGI, you hardly ever see them going out to lunch. Go, go look. I mean, that's not the model of people that they have. So, I mean, there's some, but yeah. I, I, again, it's, 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 it's too big of a subsidy for what you get. It's a negative, it's a negative model, mathematically. And they'll talk about economic impact. I saw one thing that the leader said, the opportunity machine has generated 70 companies with $2.1 million in investment capital for a $148 million economic impact. What does that mean? Are you kidding me? Think about that number. $2.1 million in investment capital generates $148 million in economic impact? Boy, I'd like to see how you do the math on that one, because that is nonsense. And they all use it. They all use that economic impact number. One day, ask them to sit down and do the math for you. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested in seeing the math as well, because uh, this is all uh, an interesting kind of thing. As I get deeper into how developments work and the, the investments that go in it and the returns. Uh, I'm finding out all kind of things that I'm like, well, it was, it's not as pretty as I thought it was, would be in the back. Well, it is. I mean, you know, we all want to believe, right? I mean, we all want to have a nice community. We all want those things. There's no doubt we all want them. And we're all want the same end result. Honestly, what we have in place is what I call, uh, uh, Corporate welfare. You are subsidizing businessmen to do the thing that they would do anyway. Gotcha. And, and I'm one of them. I, I'm one of them. I, I get more subsidies than, you know, I get, I get these subsidies and I take them. Why wouldn't you? My competitors do. So I must be competitive. Yep. You know? So yes, I do. Only difference is I tell you it's wrong. I, I, you, you, <laughs> don't. Stop. Stop giving me subsidies. Stop. Listen to what I'm telling you. I'm willing to give mine up. When everybody else gives theirs up, let's all give them up. Let's all do it. But that's not what's going to happen. And you watch in this, in this race coming up for mayor. Watch. Watch what's happening. This will be the death of Lafayette. Really? If they, if they continue down the road they're going, we, we see it. Now, can we, is something new going to happen? Maybe. But it's certainly not going to be subsidies to the, to, the, to the rural areas. And it's certainly not going to be the economic plan we have pleasantly for Lafayette. I don't know any businessmen who believe it. <laughs> now, can we be wrong? I've been wrong many times. But the numbers don't work out. We're having a guy with Strong Towns come in in November. and he's gonna, We're going to talk <coughs> about this. He's the guy that said, okay, here's what you need to do. Raise your property taxes 400% immediately. Your backlog's getting bigger. And if you keep going with this plan you have, 
you have to raise them eight hundred percent just to maintain. Wow. So not my math, his math. But he'll be here to explain it again in November, hopefully. So well, anyway. This conversation has been interesting and definitely uh, filled with information. Um, Tim, I appreciate thank you you coming on and uh, taking thank the you. time to do this. Look, um, let's hope that Lafayette doesn't see a death. No, I don't well, see a death. Nothing, nothing sees a death, right? I mean, that's that's a that's an exaggeration on my part. You're right. It, it, it's just that we see the trend, and and now with the MPO, which is so disappointing, we see more of it going out there. We see more of Lafayette being pulled to the suburbs, and that's is that good for Youngsville? Is that good for Broussard? Yeah, it is. I, I got to admit, it is. It's good for them, but we're all subsidizing it. Yeah. And we're creating more drainage problems. And that's going to get worse, not better. Well, there you have it. Um, <clears throat> as uh, time goes by, we'll see how things see how it works work out. out. Yeah, who knows? I'm probably wrong. Well, you know what? You know what? Every at some point we're all wrong, and at some, some point we're right. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. Uh, that's right. We'll we'll just have to to the people that to to people who are voting. You you make your best uh, vote sure. out there, and um, essentially what happens happens. Yeah, it's kind of right. hard to as one person to to have a, an, a, an opinion or a thought or not, maybe not even opinion. Maybe it's fact. It's kind of hard to to. Affect it. Well, well, I would say this. We tend to vote what's in our own best interest. Right. And I think it's time that we start looking at not what's in our best interest, but what's in our community's best interest. And that's the hard part. Yeah. To convince people, no, I'm not going to give you more. The answer is no. There you go. So. All right, Tim. Thanks. Well, it was a, it was a pleasure. Uh, again, uh, thank you to our sponsor, who is uh, Steve... Uh, Pelissier with Property One. Uh, his phone number is 337-234-7307, and that's Property One. Uh, his name is Steve Pelissier. All right. Thanks, Thank you. Tim. Thank you. For information on sponsoring the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette, go to our website at developinglafayette.com and click Advertise.